You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. God, you are so worthy. And you deserve all the praise. You deserve all the adoration, Lord. You deserve everything that we bring into this place, Lord. I pray for these teenagers over the next few moments, Lord. I thank you for allowing us to worship you, Lord. And I pray as we open up your word, Lord, that you would show us something that we haven't seen. Lord God, I pray that, that prayer every week, Lord God, because your word is powerful and it brings about change. And so, Lord, I pray that it speaks to our hearts. It speaks to us right where we're at. And Lord God, I pray that you would just meet with us, Lord. You're here. And so, Lord, I pray that we, we would just tune in to what you have for us this morning, Lord. We love you and we give you praise in us in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Ryan. If we have not met yet, I'm just so honored that you're here this morning. And today is going to be the second part in a two-part series from last week that we started talking about all in. And last week, we talked about two guys in the Old Testament uh, named Elijah and Elisha. And we talked about the call that was put on Elisha's life. We, we talked about Elijah going up while Elisha was plowing the field putting his robe, his mantle on him and calling him out. And so we had the the call, the answer and the response. And we, we talked about Elisha's call being called out and going into the world and, and, and working with Elijah. And then we talked about his answer. It could have been no. He could have said, no, nah, that's all right. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to keep my job. I'm going to keep my family. I'm going to keep everything. But he said, no. Uh, he said, yes, I'm going to answer the call and I'm going to go hard after Jesus. And because of that, he went back and he killed his oxen and he burned all his stuff and, and had a feast and said, all right, I'm on mission for the Lord and I'm going to go. And so he went all in. And that's what we're talking about for 2018, being all in, going all in for Jesus. Whatever we've got going on in our schools, in our workplaces, in our family life, our friendships, we want to be all in for the King. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So if you have your note sheet, grab that note sheet. I want you to take some notes this morning, if you're using notes on your, the notes app on your phone, go ahead and open that up. But your Bible verses for this morning, hopefully you have a Bible around you, you brought your Bible with you, we will be in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 this morning, and we're going to hang out there for most of the morning, and we're going to talk about what one of my favorite chapters in all of scriptures, Romans chapter 12, I love it, and uh, we're going to dive in here in just a moment in that scripture. And as we were, as I was thinking about this message today and as I was talking and praying just with the Lord about being all in, I was thinking about this word and, and you guys may have heard this, causality. Anybody ever heard of that word, causality in science? No, some of you are shaking your head, no, that's, well, it's really the term of cause and effect. How many of y'all have heard that? You've, you've heard seven of you. Okay, you've heard of cause and effect. So let me ask this one more, one more time. How many of you have ever heard of cause and effect? Okay, most of us have. Very good. One of the most famous quotes uh, from Ra uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson uh, is probably the most famous quote on cause and effect. For every action, there is equal or opposite reaction. Very good. And, uh, and so with a couple of examples of that would be like if you're in a science class and they ask you to do the science project. And how many of y'all have ever done the, uh, the volcano? Any of y'all ever done the, really? There's a few of you done the volcano. That's awesome. Where you make the paper mache volcano and then you put the vinegar in it and then you put a little what in it? 
baking soda and that baking soda makes the, and you put a little food coloring in it, it makes the volcano erupt, if you will, and it makes a mess and you're like, oh, this is my, this is it. And so that's the cause and effect of you put, you have the cause and then boom, and then the effect. And then I was thinking about this, I was thinking about magnets. So I got these magnets off of Amazon. You can find anything on Amazon. Like I love Amazon. You have two, two magnets and, and then you always scared about that. No joke, Hallie, because like I pinched my finger one time and, and said like a holy cuss word, you know, it was like crud. And so um, it was like, ah, I did it again. See? All right. Jesus. But you have a cause. And, and then the effect is literally that hurts so bad. And um, but you put them on the other side. What's happened? What's the effect of that? You can't push them together. I'm trying like literally I'm trying. They're going to touch. They're not touching. Are you serious? Got it. Did you hear it? So, <laughs> that was fake. So, <laughs> it was just in a corner like that. So, anyway, you have the cause and effect. There, there's something that happens. I'm going to put this down and... All right. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have a bruise right there. It's going to be crazy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Y'all don't care. You're like, I'm glad it's not me. That was a dumb illustration, Ryan. So anyway, that's okay. You didn't know that you were going to come to church and learn about science and cause and effect. And that's just leading us up to what we're talking about in Romans chapter 12 and throughout scripture, the cause and effect. And, and at the end of the day, the cross is the cause and the effect is the change and the cross changes everything. Someone say that. The cross changes everything. Let's say it one more time. The cross changes everything. And we've heard it said so many times. You've heard me preach this numerous times. You've heard it in your small groups that the two greatest commandments are what? That's close. That's close. That's close. But if you had to guess what the two greatest commandments were, I wonder what you would might say. They're very good. I wonder where we saw that. Boom, right there. Love God and reach people. And we added a third because he said a third in Matthew 28 to make disciples. And so for our, for our mission statement, if our phrase or, or whatever you want to call it, love God, reach people, make disciples. But we've heard that said over and over to love God and love people. And you've heard me talk about it. You've heard Dr. Youssef speak on it. You've heard pastors and preachers, your parents, whoever. You've heard that these are the two greatest commandments. But it's all centralized in one word that we're going to, we can't go past it. It's the very first word in verse 9 of chapter 12 of Romans is love. That's where it, it all hinges on love. And it's a big deal. Love, we see the word love in the just the New Testament alone 232 times. Love is talked more about than a lot of other words or singular phrases in Scripture so it's a very, very important thing, love. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35, he says that everyone will know that we are his disciples if we love one another. If we love one another. That's how people will know that we are disciples of Christ. John 13, 35, write that down. That's a very important verse. It's pretty cool. Everyone will know that we are his disciples if we love one another. Now, you've heard, hopefully, and I've spoken on this before as well, that we were all born, every one of us, me, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your aunts and uncles, people that lived a long time ago, everyone on this planet was born with an Adamic nature. 
Adamic nature. That word, the root word, the root name on that is Adam. And that really means that we are born with a sin nature. We were born with a sin nature. And honestly, this is the hard part for a lot of people to understand. That we were not born with the ability to truly, truly love. And that comes as a shock to a lot of people. And I want to show you in scripture, it says in 1 John 4, 8, that he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who loves is born of God and knows God. And so if you are born into this world, you are born with a sin nature. You were not born to genuinely love. In fact, John Piper, he says this, he says, genuine love can only be explained by the supernatural work of God. Genuine love can only be explained by the supernatural work of God. And at the end of the day, if we're born again, Jesus has saved us. And only because of the salvation of Christ, only because of the blood of Jesus, only because of the death, burial, and resurrection of our King Jesus, are we able to truly love and to truly show love and truly receive love and understand what genuine love really is. The cross changes everything. If we know Jesus, I want to kind of expound on this because we're really going to, we're going to, we're going to hammer this out through these few verses. If we know Jesus, the, the, the cause is the cross and the effect is love, how can we walk this out? How can we walk this out? And too many times we say, well, I got it. I understand Jesus is my savior and I'll just keep it in. And I know that I might tell someone that Jesus loves them. I might share that out with people. But how do we genuinely do this? How do we, how do we share this and lead this out with our friends, our family, our coworkers, or the, the people that we go to school with? How can we do this effectively? And we do it through the cross. Well, I want to share with you, I want to implore with you that these scriptures show us, tell us, among other things, this is just the scripture that we're going to talk about today over the next few moments, how Paul encourages us to walk this out, how he encourages us to live this out. As I said, Romans 12 is probably, if you haven't read Romans 12, it is amazing. Every single verse has something to say that is huge for you in your life as a believer, as a Christian, as a person. It has so much meat in Romans. Romans chapter 12. I love all of it. But if we were to break the verses 9 through 21 down, we're going to talk about those. That's where we're going to hang out for the next few moments. And so if we're going to break these down, if you're taking notes, we're going to break it down into four sections, okay? Four sections. John MacArthur kind of expounds on these a little bit, and I kind of tweak these and kind of work these into in, in today's talk for us. But n number one, if you're taking notes, number one, four sections. Verse 9 talks about ourselves. Verse 9 talks about ourselves. Verse 10 through 13, verses 10 through 13 talks about our families. We love, it's about taking care of ourselves through love uh, in verse 9, taking care of our families through love in verse is 10 through 13. The third one is our taking care of our communities through love. That means our schools, our friends, our neighbors, verses 14 through 16. And then in verses 17 through 21, we're talking about loving our enemies and taking our, care of our enemies through love. And I'll go back through those and I'll explain those and I'm gonna walk this out in just a few minutes. But I just wanna kind of give a brief glimpse onto where we're going as we're taking notes. If you're taking notes, hopefully you are. So we can remember this stuff. 
I think it's proven, it's like literally proven, not even outside of church, that you retain 70% more what you hear if you take notes on it. That's why your, your teachers tell you to take notes. That's why your, your pastors and your leaders and your small groups and Dr. Youssef, all these, well, we always encourage you to take notes because we don't want you to forget what God's word has to say to you. And too often times, it's easy to do. So break out a notes app, break out a pen and pencil and paper, and let's dive into this. So we're gonna start in verse nine. Verse nine, if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 12, hopefully you have one around you, near you on your app, and we're going to start in verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So if we're looking at this and we're going to kind of break this down and see what these verses are saying in verse nine, if we're, if we're going through our outline and, and taking care of ourselves through love, and it's, it's kind of hinged on verse nine on, for this particular point, verse nine, love must be sincere. It must be real. It can't be fake. If the opposite of sincere is fake. It's, just, it's insincere. It's not right. It, it's fake. So this love that we have should be real. And the only way it's real is through the cross of Christ because the cross does what? Changes, Changes everything. Thank you, Talbot. But here's the deal. Hate what is it? How, how is love sincere? How do we love as, as a Christian? How do you love sincerely as a Christian? Well, right off the bat, he says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Literally, I had a saying that was told to me back when I was your age, love God, hate sin. Very simple, four words that can really change your life when it comes to taking care of yourself underneath the cross. Love God, hate sin. And we need to love God with everything we have and we need, we need to hate sin. We don't need to be a part of it. We don't even need to look at it. We need to be, we need to be running away from it. Because Paul says right here, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And right off the bat, Paul, it gives 33, by my count, I could be wrong, but 33 encouragements to live by. 33 encouragements to live by. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about all 33. We're just going to talk about a few of them. 33 encouragements. And I love how Paul just kind of puts this out there. He was a Pharisee. Pharisees, before he was a believer, he was a Pharisee. And Pharisees had all these rules to live by. I mean, they had like 600 plus rules that they had to live by. And so he, he kind of has that and he numbers these out. So as I look at this, there's probably about 33 of these things that he's encouraging us to live by. And right off the bat, he's encouraging us to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. 
And that's how we can show a true love for ourselves. And you say, well, Ryan, that's kind of conceited, but no, in our relationship with Christ, if we're gonna love and take care of our relationship with God, that we have to get this down. We have to love God with everything that we have and we have to hate evil, hate sin. We have to run away from it. But it doesn't stop there. He says you gotta love yourself, but you also have to love your family. Verses 10 through 13, check this. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. This is what we can do as families of believers. If you're in here and you have a family and and the people in your family are believers in Christ or of Christ, these things are what we need to do. This is not a suggestion. These are commands. These are encouragements encouragements that how how we need to live this out we need to be devoted to one another in brotherly love we can't be talking about each other behind each other's back we need to honor one another above yourselves and that's what Paul says in a ton of this he says don't be conceited in verse 16 do not be conceited lift others above yourselves honor one another thinking of other people's needs wants desires as long as it's good morally good As long as it's biblically correct, lift them up. Think of others above yourself. And so we think about our families that we live in. We think about the the, the people that we have in the same house. And you say, Ryan, I live in a rough family. You don't know my family. You don't know the the people that I live with. You don't know the place I live. I get it. I understand. Some of you come from rough homes. Some of you come from homes where you have everything and everything's good, it seems like. But you still have a responsibility to lift others up above yourself in our families. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And share with God's people who are in need as a family. Bring others in. Love on other people. Encourage one another, or uh, others, excuse me. Practice hospitality. Some of you learned this past Wednesday night, if you were here in our uh, midweek gathering down in SDS, we did our, our spiritual gift analysis. How many of y'all were here Wednesday night, uh, middle, middle and high school? Man, a ton of y'all. And, and man, if you weren't here, you missed it. We had a blast. We, we broke out the spiritual gifts test and we went through there and a lot of you understood what your spiritual gift. I got texts all throughout that evening of, man, this is what God is, how he's wired me. It's been so cool. And some of you learned that you have the gift of hospitality and I see that in you. And so we have opportunities for you to use that here in STS, and you'll see those coming up uh, even more so in the future. So he says, take care of yourself through love, take care of your families through love, but he doesn't stop there, verses 14 through 16. He says, take care of your community. What is your community? We like to use that in church world. Community is your friendships, your, your, uh, your school friends, the people that you are in contact with, your neighbors, the people that live in your neighborhood, the, the people that you hang out with, your, your crew, your clique, your squad, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's your community. And so if we're looking at this in verse 14, he says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And I look at this, I'm going, man, this is, this is so, so huge. He says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And how do we go into our communities? How do you go into your schools? You go with a mindset that people are better than you. Not in a way where you're like, oh man, that guy's got everything, that girl has it all, and I don't have anything, woe is me kind of. No, 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 that's not the attitude to have. But you have a servant's heart. You go in and say, I'm gonna serve well. I'm gonna serve uh, out of the overflow of what Jesus has done for me, and we're gonna really talk about that in a second. 
but you're going to serve those. You're going to bless those. You're going to, you're going to pray for those. You're going to, you're going to, if someone's mourning, you're going to mourn alongside them. If someone's excited, you're going to be excited alongside them. You're going to, you're going to lift them up, live in harmony with one another. You know, it's one of those things where if you hear something musically, it's off, it's not harmonious, and you know that. You're like, you're listening to the radio, and you're like, man, that just doesn't sound good. That something doesn't sound right, and that's how most music is. Like, it's not, it's just music. It's not, it's just like sounds coming out, and it's like, it doesn't even make sense. And people are like, that sounds so good. And I'm like, what? But here's the deal. It's like, you, you know what harmo harmony is. You know what that, that harmonious sound is, and that's what it means. That's what it's talking about, that we live in harmony, especially in our communities. Think about that in church. What if we always had a constant state? What if you always had a constant state of coming in this room or in your small groups and in your church, and there's just bickering and fighting? You'd never want to come. You never want to be a part. You never want to be in, a, in association with people that are always fighting with you. And what Paul is saying, he says, live in harmony in your communities. Do your best to come together harmoniously. But he doesn't stop there. He says, you know, you got to take care of yourselves through love. You got to take care of your families through love. You have to take care of your community, your school, your friends, your squad, all those people, your neighbors, all those people, through verses 14 through 16. But he doesn't stop there. He could have stopped there, but he doesn't stop there. And he says, there's one more group of people that you need to hang out with. And not only hang out with, you need to love. And not only love, you need to pour yourselves out on. And that is your enemies. If you were to say right now in this place, if you were to be honest, you got some haters. Or there's some people that have some haters in this room. One, of, one or two, okay, uh, honestly, some of you, some of us got haters, you know, you know, you just need to tell them to back off, just kidding, but you, you have some haters, that's, that's for some Netflix fans right there, so I can't do Miranda Singh's voice, but uh, my daughter can, she can nail it, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, but here's the deal, he says for us to love our enemies, look at this, verse 17, verse 17, do not repay evil for evil, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, he says to even go for your, your enemies, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it's my to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. He says, man, don't go after them. Oh, that person did something wrong to me. I'm going to double it up. Oh, you know, he talked bad about me behind my back. I'm going to pop his tires on his car. Like, don't do that. Like, that's not what, yo, oh, you know, he said something, she said something about me and made fun of me. I'm going to break all, its pens, all her pencils in her backpack. That's a dumb analogy. But you know what I'm saying. Doing something bad. Don't repay evil for evil. Someone talks bad about you, and that's usually what it is. Someone talks some smack about you at school, and then you go on your Twitter and you subtweet them. Oh, it got kind of quiet then. Oh, Ryan, you got me. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about posting behind people. It's saying, man, don't repay. Let the Lord handle it. Let the Lord take care of it. Don't try to avenge yourself. Let the Lord avenge. And in fact, he goes the extra step. He starts quoting scripture. He says, if your enemy is hungry, guess what you need to do? You need to feed him. You see your enemy at school. He's sitting by himself. She's sitting by himself. You need to go up to him and you need to encourage him. What? If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Because they're going to go, why in the world are they being nice to me? And all I've done has been a jerk to them. And Paul's saying, you need to love your enemies. But he ends this off, this little section. He says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
And that's a big deal. And these things, these 33 encouragements, these 33 charges, these things that we see, honestly, at the end of the day, if we're just being gut level honest, they can be difficult, right? You hear these 33 things and you're like, man, Ryan, that's a lot. Paul, dude, that's a lot to kind of ingest or digest. How are we going to take this out? How are we going to live this out? What are we going to do? How are we going to be all in? Because on my own ability, on my own self, anything that I do on my own is going to be hard. And here's the deal. Paul is encouraging you as a believer. He's encouraging me as a believer that you do not do this alone. Because it's easy to say to do these things and I can encourage you till I'm blue in the face that you need to hate what is evil and cling to what is good and be devoted to one another and practice hospitality and bless those who persecute you and don't repay evil for evil and all these other things. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. I can tell you all that stuff and you can go, okay, that's pretty cool, Ryan, but you're gonna walk out of this room going, this is hard. And I have to admit the Christian life is hard. You're not gonna hear that too often. It's hard. When Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, here's the deal. At the end of the day, you have a yoke. We have a yoke on our shoulders. And that yoke sometimes can be difficult. It can be hard. It can be challenging. But here's the encouragement. Look up here real quick. Don't miss it. Here's the encouragement. We don't do this alone. We don't do this alone. Check this out. Go back to that first, uh, that second section in verse 11. Before we talk about that, let me say this real quick. We tend to look at this as a list of do's and don'ts. Like you got to do this thing and you have to do this thing, right? We see these things and like it's a, you, you have to work this out. And at the end of the day, I hate to break this to you, you really do. Like if you want to live harmoniously, harmoniously and you want to have peace and, and you want things to be good with your family and your friendships and you want all these things to roll and be smooth, honestly, I would encourage you to live these things out. But how do you do it? Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Those are one, that's one of those verses that you probably skipped over. And honestly, when I was reading this, I skipped over that pretty quick too. But here's the deal. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. And you look at that. Let's keep your spiritual fervor, Ryan. I don't know what that means. How, keep your spiritual fervor. This is literally, if you're taking notes, this is what I want you to write down because I don't want you to miss this. Because everything hinges on this because we could do all this. Uh, obviously, everything hinges on love, Yes. But we cannot have love if we don't have what I'm about to say. We cannot do these things. We cannot live this out on our own if we don't have this. We're not keeping our spiritual fervor. And this is literally what the Greek means in that word. And that's what I love. You know I'm a nerd. I like to break out the Greek and see what it means. It says to boil in the spirit. To boil in the spirit. Imagine having a pot that, that was sitting on a, a hot plate right here. So you have a pot that's right here and you have water in it, not boiling yet. So if we were to make something, if we're going to cook, if we're going to make some food in this pot, you put the water in it. Think about macaroni and cheese, you know what I'm saying? How many of y'all love some macaroni and cheese? Yeah, boy, I love some macaroni. I like the cheap stuff, man. I'm a craft kind of guy, you know. You put it in a crock pot, and I'm like, that's for the birds. Just give me the cheap stuff, man. And so, put the, so if, if I'm making some macaroni and cheese, I put the, the water in there, and when it starts boiling, I put the noodles in there, right? And, but here's the deal. If the water's not hot enough... If the water's not hot enough, it's not, nothing's going to happen. 
Think about it. It's just going to sit there. You might have a little, the, a little of the bubbles, a few of the bubbles coming out, you know, but it's nothing's going to happen. But if you turn it up way too fast and you put everything in it, what's going to happen? And you've, you've seen it before. It's going to overflow. That's right. It's just going to be, you know, it's going to go over and make a mess. And then you're like, everything's fine. Your smoke alarm's going off and everything's going, yeah, it's all good, mom. Make us mac and cheese. Everything's good. And, but, it, you, you, know, it, you know, it's just spilling everywhere. Smoke alarm's probably not going off. If the smoke alarm's going off for that, that's other issues. But here's the deal. It's overflowing, right? It's not going to work right. In order for this to work correctly, it has to come to a boil where everything's right. That temperature is perfect. And at the end of the day, when, it said, when Paul is saying, keep your spiritual fervor to boil, listen, to boil in the spirit. You cannot, I cannot live these 33 things out plus everything that the Bible says out on my own. You can't do it on your own. You have to have the spirit living it out inside you. That's the effect because the cross changes everything. But because the cross changes everything, the spirit comes inside the believer. If you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the spirit comes inside you and you're able to live this out through the spirit's help. And when you fall down, the Spirit's there to encourage you. And when you mess up, the Spirit is there to encourage you to go on the right path and show you the right way. When you're in school and you're, you're saying, how am I going to love my neighbors and how am I going to love my friends and how am I going to love my enemies is through the Spirit's help. How are you going to have this relationship where you love God and you hate sin is you completely pour in to the Spirit and you boil in the Spirit. Not, not in a weird sense, it's in the fact that you're right where you need to be. Because too many times, if we don't pour enough in the Spirit and, and we don't have enough Spirit, that's, that we're not relying enough, excuse me, we're not relying lying enough on the spirit, we're not going to be effective. But then the opposite is true. If we try to rely too much on ourselves, we're going to overflow and it's going to make a mess and it's not going to go right. But if we're boiling exactly where we need to be, we're in the exact spot where we need to be. We're perfect in, in, in that unity with the spirit. Everything's going to go smooth. I don't want to say everything's going to go easy. Please hear me. Everything might not be easy, but it will go smooth because you know that you have the Spirit, you have Jesus. You have the Father cheering you on. And that's what Paul's saying. Because if we're not doing enough, the Spirit can't work. If we're doing too much, it'll, we'll overflow and it'll just make a mess. But man, if we're connected just right, if we're connected just right and loving taking care of ourselves through love, taking our families through love, our communities, our enemies through love, man. Everything will go right. I'm not saying it'll be easy. I'm not saying it's gonna be great. Now, hear me. I'm not gonna say it's all gonna be horrible. Man, we have the spirit inside us to encourage us. If the cross truly changes everything, the effect will be Jesus every time. And that's what I wanna see through you guys. That's what I want to encourage you to live this out this week. Live that out this week. Think about how you can take these verses and you can apply them to your friendships because you can, your families, to yourself, and even those haters who are coming at you. Apply them this week and you see what will happen, man. Good stuff will happen. Let me pray for you. 
Lord, I love you and I thank you for these teenagers. I thank you for the call that you've put on their lives. I thank you that you're, they're here today, Lord. And, and I'm, I'm encouraged because, God, if they've heard what I've talked about, even if they, if they were kind of disengaged, Lord God, that they heard your word, now there's a responsibility. It's not for me, it's from your word, Lord God. And I pray this for myself, that, that we, we would read these words and we'd hear these words and it would actually change something in our hearts, in our minds, in our attitudes, in our actions, God, because it is worth it. God, you are worth it. And so, Lord, I pray that this week for my friends, I pray that they would live in harmony with their relationship with you. I pray that they would live in harmony with their relationship with their family and their friends, God, and even their enemies, Lord. And I pray that everything would go smooth this week, Lord. I pray that the enemy would be kept at bay and they would live this week out for you. God, if they know you, I pray that prayer. God, if they don't know you, there's students in this room that do not know you, Jesus, I pray that they would, they would know you. God, I pray that they would ask you to forgive them of their sins and they would turn from what they're doing wrong and that's the stuff that's standing in the way and live for you, Jesus, and just say, God, save me. I need you as my Lord and Savior. And Lord, I pray that prayer would be true for some of these students that don't know you, Lord, and get on this wild and crazy ride that is just so, so good. So Lord, I love you. I thank you. Thank you that the cross changes everything and the spirit resides in us because of you. Love you, Jesus. And it's in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at stsatlanta.org slash podcast. Have a blessed day. and hope to see you soon.